from Car Rigs and Ingram, this is It Figures, the CRI podcast, an accounting, advisory, and industry-focused podcast for business and organization leaders, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is looking to go beyond the status quo. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of It Figures, a CRI podcast. My name is Sandy Guy, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation today as we explore empathetic leadership uh, with two leaders from our Atlanta office, um, two of my favorite leaders, um, both Kendra and Max Jen. So I wanted to take a moment and welcome my guests and let them introduce themselves. Kendra, if you could introduce yourself. Hi, Sandy. Good afternoon or morning, I guess, whenever you listen to it. Um, my name is Kendra LaFleur, and I am a senior manager in the Atlanta office. Nice. And she looks lovely today, even though nobody can see her. She looks awesome. And Max? Hey, everyone. I'm Max Jen, and uh, I am the tax partner at the CRI and focus on the real estate practice. And I'm also in the Atlanta office. Uh, just a uh, floor. Below Kendra. <laughs> there you go. Max looks lovely too, by the way. So he's dressed very nice, even though it's an audio podcast, just so they both get credit. Um, they're all dressed very professionally today. So, I, you know, I particularly wanted to spend today talking about empathetic um, leadership because obviously it's a trending topic right now. Um, and I read something interesting the other day that I thought might be a great way for us to start our discussion. And it was this cool analogy that sort of differentiates um, empathy, sympathy, um, and apathy, and as it relates to leadership styles. So imagine for a second that you fell into a hole. Um, an apathetic leader would say, what are you doing in the hole? Get out. We got work to do. A sympathetic leader says, I'm so sorry you're in that hole. Whereas an empathetic leader jumps in the hole with you and says, let's get you out of here. How can I help you? And that was really eye-opening for me. And it's, it's made me um, self-reflect a little bit. Um, I, I don't think I tell people, what are you doing in the hole? Um, but I, I have to sit there and think, do I ever tell people, man, I'm sorry you're in the hole. Um, but I'm curious, um, Max, have you ever had an experience um, with a leader? where either it was an apathetic leader or empathetic that really made a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I really like the analogy. And and sometimes I was thinking, you know, the message that you were saying that, you know, being empathy is definitely not the attitude that we want in the office. Um, but also sometimes I feel like that toughness can, can drive us as well. So, uh, you know, listening to you and thinking of an example, I remember early in my career, I think maybe my second year, uh, my second tax season, and I was sick uh, at the deadline day. And the senior associate that I worked with actually wanted to talk to the tax partner uh, in charge and basically said, Max probably need to go home because he's not you know, looking too great. And he probably doesn't want me to spread the germs around the office as well. So I completely understand that. Um, and I was walking down the hallway and the partner saw me and uh, he put his arm around my shoulder and he said, uh, today's that line. Um, do you think you can suck it up and do it for the team? Um, so at that time, you know, it worked for me 
you know, um, I was thinking, okay, I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel sorry for myself. I need to push and get it done. And also that experience actually carried me throughout uh, my career to know that, you know, what it takes to deliver uh, to the client. But the bottom line is I felt like a lot of time is maybe he wasn't being uh, empathetic. Uh, it's just, you know, he knows that maybe I need that push. And so a lot of time, I think what we need to understand is, um, you know, the, your audience and, and the timing and also the tone of how it was communicated. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I can't take credit for the analogy. I will be honest and say I um, and Kendra knows I love TikTok. So there is a former big four. I think she was a senior when she left um, big four. And she's on TikTok and she has a blog and she wrote this book and it was her analogy. And it's interesting, Max, because some of the examples when she goes through her experience is very similar to what you articulated that, you know, it was a deadline or there was a client deadline or something going on. And, and basically the response that, that she got sometimes direct and sometimes not quite as direct was basically suck it up, do what you got to do. Um, so Kendra, you know, you're an audit. I'm curious, you know, have you had any similar experiences? Yeah, many times, <laughs> many times. Um, what comes to mind for me is when I had my first child, actually, um, it was busy season, you know, long hours. And at that time, I was really young in my career. And with public accounting, I felt like I always had to work with everybody else work. I needed to be in the office until 10 11 o'clock at night, I needed to get there early, I needed to just kind of suck it up, that sort of thing. And so, um, and so I've kind of experienced all three levels, apathy, sympathy, and empathy. I would have people say, dang, you got a kid at home. You know, not not to be malicious, it was just kind of like, dang, that sucks. You know, it's kind of one of those things. And then I had um, some colleagues of mine who <laughs> We're also moms at different firms, and they're like, oh my gosh, I totally understand. Like, it's heartbreaking, you know, and I just, I feel for you. And that's kind of where that was. Um, and ironically enough, um, one of the partners, I guess it was starting to wear on me, just getting home late. My kid was always sleeping because she was six months at the time. And, you know, it's the first time mom, you just kind of want to be there. Um, and so one of the, the partners who I'm so close with, he pulled me into his office and um, and was like, how are you doing? You know, just that that typical question. And I just fell apart, you know. And then in that moment, I think that he really understood kind of what I was going through. And then we kind of worked away to where, you know, I could you know telecommute a couple of days a week. At that time, it wasn't as popular as it is now. Um, and I didn't feel guilty about it. And he just really showed me so much empathy and just really just trying to understand um, kind of all of the psychological issues. I have them anyway, but that was just a whole other layer um, of just kind of what I was going through. You know, it's interesting um, as you were saying that because you and I, especially over the last year, have have talked a lot. Um, and I was having a moment because I don't have kids where I'm like, gosh, have I ever done that to her? Um, because it's, I, you know, you've heard me say one of the reasons why um, I don't have kids is I see what people go through when they do. And I don't want to work that hard. That's a lot, a lot of work 24-7. But, it, you know, it's interesting because those are, um, I'll say, one-off situations and, and or individual situations that have happened to you, whether it was, you know, Max when he was younger and the it was deadline um, or Kendra and her first child. 
But why this has really been on my mind and what I really wanted to talk about today was when we look back over the past year, um, gosh, it's been such a long year, but during the pandemic, you know, it has been very challenging for us because it's, you have people going through so much, you know, the, the fear, the concern, they may have a parent or a child or themselves who um, had COVID um, or, you know, they have um, somebody who is high risk in their family or they're high risk. You know, you have all these things going on. Um, but at the same time, you know, we, we're a, a necessary business and we still had to work. And so when Max was sick at a deadline when he was younger, well, okay, you know, we can have a tax senior who's very ill and we don't want him to take out the whole tax department. So let's send him home for the day and we'll have some other people pick up the slack. Well, during the pandemic, it's not like we could send everybody home for a year. And so what's really been on my mind is when you're in a situation like that, when um, everybody's kind of going through the same thing, but in different ways, um, but the work still has to get done. Like how do you, you know, Max, you were talking about this so well a minute ago that um, the work still has to get out the door and how do you show empathy um, yet encourage, if that's the word I'm looking for, um, for people to get um, the work out the door. So, I, you know, looking back over the last year, I'm curious, um, I'll start with just you personally, not you as a leader of teams, but what's the last year been like for you? You know, I, I so remember when it was like, okay, two weeks to flatten the curve. And, you know, we were like, this will be two weeks. It's going to stink, but we're going to knock this out. And then we're, life's going to be back to normal. And hello. <laughs> Here we are. So I'm curious, you know, Max, the last year for you personally, what's that been like? Yeah, it's, it's probably been tough, you know, uh, for our industry as a whole. Um, we definitely got more workload uh, on top of the pandemic, the childcare issue. Uh, I do have a six years old, but I'm very lucky that my wife was the, the main caretaker, uh, you know, while she was doing e-learning at home. So I would still be able to focus uh, at work. And luckily, you know, a lot of our clients do understand our situation because they are in the same same situation as well. So the bottom line to me is communication is the key. Uh, communication to the client, communication to the team, uh, understanding what is the expectation, setting a clear expectations, and then communicate throughout the, the, the along the way. Uh, was was one of the big piece that we learned from this pandemic. So Kendra, I'm, I'm curious, again, just because you and I have talked so much over last year, I, I know you also brilliantly decided to add a puppy to your mix um, with your kids and everything. Um, so I'm curious, you know, what, what it's been like for you and also, you know, leading an, an audit team, um, which, which can be a very diverse group because for different clients, you know, you have different folks. So um, I'm curious, talk, talk to me a little bit how level, you know, what the last year has been like for you. Okay, first, let's talk about this puppy. The only reason we got a puppy is because my daughter asked for a sister. And I said, not happening. We're gonna get a dog. <laughs> so, so let's just throw that out there. Okay, it's not like I wanted a dog. Are you second guessing that decision there now? Every day, every day. <laughs> I second guess that decision. But that's kind of how the puppy came to be. <laughs> but I really have a puppy than a kid. So well, that came out wrong. I'd rather have a puppy than another kid. I guess I should say. 
I have two dogs. I understand exactly what you meant with that comment. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a lot of work. But um, for me, um, I have always been um, really good at connecting with people. And so with my team, I've always had um, really good relationships with them personally. Like I knew, you know, there were upcoming weddings. I knew about kids. I knew about, you know, um, people, maybe they are a caregiver of their parents or whatever. I just kind of knew a lot of things that kind of happened behind the scenes. And so for me, I was just kind of able to navigate um, this past year because I knew what they had going on at home. I knew that, you know, you have these two kids and you're a single mom. I understand that. Like, and so I was able to kind of, you know, shuffle some stuff around. It was such a team effort. And I think um, particularly uh, the Atlanta audit team, we're just, we're such a family, you know? And so where you can't, you know, complete something, I'll step in and I'll take it over. Like I'm not above any level of work. You know, if I have to, you know, do some auditing of cash, I'm going to do it because I know if I can just kind of ease that burden, it's worth it, you know? And they do the same thing for me because I have three kids at home and it sucked. It sucked so bad. Um, Unlike Max, he had a wife at home. I didn't have a wife, Max. I had a husband. (laughs) So, so, and he didn't even know the password to log into some things. So, uh, it was just hard. It was just such a team effort. And um, and so I'm just kind of grateful for that. And, and it's just, I think it's really important to know who you, know your team, know who you work with. So you kind of know what's going on in their lives. And so you can kind of adjust where needed. You know, I'm, I'm curious. I have one of those husbands too, by the way, Kendra. I mean, I'm like, walk a dog one day, you know, just do me a favor, walk the dog, you know, anyway. That's another podcast right there. Um, so... As I look back um, and think about some of the calls I would get from partners or other leaders who um, I'll say were trying to be empathetic and they knew or were concerned about their team and the dynamic that was different. You know, normally you walk into um, the break room and you're getting coffee and you might see a team member who maybe isn't smiling or whatever. And and you have a chance to go, hey, you doing okay today? You know, how's everything going? Um, and a lot of them were really concerned that, oh, they're remote, so I don't see them and I don't know what's going on. And as somebody who's been working remote for five years, I'm like, you just pick up the phone. And luckily we have video phones and we have um, Zoom and all these great tools. But I'm curious how in this different type of dynamic, um, either one of you have thoughts on the best way to kind of have that that visual or that way to check in on your team to make sure everybody's doing okay and then how to offer a solution when you can't take the fear away you can't if somebody's family is sick you know you can't fix that problem so to speak but how do you how do you stay connected and then navigate through that so we what we do um and and i want to echo to uh kendra's point uh, earlier is that I'm also very lucky that I work with my team for a period of time already. So I know all of them. I know, uh, understand, you know, what their needs are because everybody has different needs. And, and so you have to really understand our audience, uh, to address, uh, you know, their needs. And so what we have is, uh, every week we still host a Zoom meeting. Uh, Zoom has been a, a definitely a, uh, a plus uh, during the pandemic uh, so that we can see each other through video. And then also uh, we did a, a Zoom happy hour with uh, 
trivia questions. And also, uh, we also have one of the team member uh, kindly open their backyard for us to get together uh, during the pandemic. And we have lunch uh, in a safe environment and be able to see each other uh, in person. That that was uh, that was that definitely helped because we all needed that um, each other's support. I think that's great, Max. I think that. Um... It helps when you when you have those good relationships because then you just kind of tap into what's already there. Um, but then for for the situations where maybe you don't feel comfortable going out, and there were a lot of people like that, you know, they just weren't up to it, and that's totally fine and it's understandable. And so I know for me, um, like even if you aren't, I do a lot of work with non for profits, um, and so we kind of have the non for profit team. But I'm again connected with so many people across different industry lines, and so it's really just checking in and you'd be surprised by just saying, Hey, how's it going? Some of the responses that you, that you'll get, I'm, I've said that and it has turned into a whole, give me a call. Let's talk about it. And that's, and I love that. I love that they feel comfortable enough to talk to me about certain things. And then I, and I think it's important to say, um, how can I help? You know, sometimes people want to take some time off, but they don't want to ask for it because they don't want you to, you know, you don't, don't want to feel guilty about it, but you'd be surprised by just saying, how can I help? How can we, you know, get you through whatever it is you're going through? And you typically, they kind of have an idea of what would help. And so when you open up that floor for them, I think that you'd be surprised at some of the honest responses that you get back. Yeah, I'd like to say to both of you, welcome to my career, um, because I will say it's um, it, Especially, I love that we have, um, even before the pandemic, we have the Cisco video phones. And so it, there have been so many times, um, and one that stands out, where um, an individual called me to talk about something work-related, but I could just see in her face like something wasn't right. And before we even started, I said, how are you? Are you okay? And she just stopped and burst into tears and was telling me all about an issue that they were having um, with somebody senior to her in her group. And just because I asked her, how are you? We became aware of a huge problem that nobody was talking about and we could come in and resolve that. But if I had just said, you know, that casual, hey, how you doing and moved on, but it was a sincere, no, how are you okay? How are you? and I'll say for me, um, I've had, you know, there's an Atlanta partner, Kathy Gottlieb, um, who happened to, you know, call me one morning and she's like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm fine. Why are you asking? And then I'm like, actually, I'm having a terrible morning. And like just having somebody to talk to oftentimes, you know, Kendra, you, you said it so well when you said, you know, how can I help? That's the empathy of you're in a hole. How can I get you out? And oftentimes when people ask me, how can I help? I'm like, just have a fun, let's just tell jokes and and let's have a fun conversation or let me just get it out. I don't need you to fix anything. I just need to get it out. But when you, when both of you were talking about that and Kendra, especially when you were connecting, you know, a lot of my day is spent um, with people calling with things they're going through, whether it's, you know, they, they have a family member who's ill and they're trying to navigate the healthcare system or, they're going through um, some of the things that we've been going through socially in the world and they're stressed out and call. And, you know, I'm my job is that safe place to talk about anything you want to talk about and it stays there. 
But, you know, some days when you get that a lot and you have your own stress, you know, at the end of the day, you have that. If you're empathetic, you, I always say you wear that. So if you spend the day hearing people talk about their challenges, you're taking that on because you're being the person to be there and be a resource for them. Um, and this is why self-care is so important, especially for people who are empathetic in a leadership role. So I'm curious, um, knowing that Max, although he has a wife that apparently we need, Kendra, um, although you know he felt he had great help um, with his child, um, it's still very stressful because he has a team. He has, he, I'm sure at times was worried about his children, but you know, you're kind of taking all that on and the stress going on at work um, and then with everything with y'all. So I'm curious, did either of you have those moments where you're like, okay, I'm trying to be that leader and I'm trying to be positive and helpful and empathetic, but man, I need a break. Or I just, you know, how do you, how do you keep that game face on, I guess, being authentic, but keep that game face. On. Did either one of you, maybe it's just me, but did either one of you um, have those moments? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's been tough for everyone. And um, luckily, I think, you know, being a uh, being empathetic, it's, it's not within a team, it's not just the, the, the effort from the leader. I think it's, it should be uh, encouraged by the whole team and everybody, you know, participate in that. Um, so it, it was nice that actually, you know, I had a lot of many, many individual phone calls with my teammates and they were also very nice to often call me and check on me as well. And they will say, how are you doing, Max? What can we do to help you? I know you have a heavy low as well. And I know you have a kid at home. So what can we do? So it was definitely both ways. It, it wasn't just me giving. But I also was, uh, you know, on the receiving side as well. So I'm really thankful uh, to have such a uh, great team that I'm working with. Did either one of you have a situation where, um, you know, I mentioned earlier, I, I, I don't have kids and so many people do. And, you know, I can't imagine being home and having a child who's school age and you're having to homeschool and meet your deadlines and like do all this. I just I can't imagine. So I think I can be empathetic. Um, even if I can't personally relate to somebody's situation. But did either of you have a situation where somebody was going through something that you just couldn't relate to, um, yet you were empathetic? Yeah, actually, it's kind of fun that you asked that. But so I have my husband and I have three kids. And so my house is full of people and it's just hustle bustle moving, so much going on. Um, but then I, I had a coworker where they live alone. And so they were going through like depression because they couldn't go out, you know, it's just work and they just didn't know how to cope that anxiety, you know, no family here. I mean, so it was just a lot. And so I couldn't, I mean, I, I was definitely, I understood what they were saying, but I couldn't relate to it because I got too many people in my house. You want know, to take some of mine. You want a kid, take it. Um, and so, but excuse me, but I, I definitely understand um, what that must be like. And yeah, you can FaceTime and Zoom and that sort of thing, but um, but you can't touch anyone. That feeling of connection, you just don't have it. Whereas my kid, as annoying as that he or she may be, they can run up and give me a hug, and it's just comforting. And so I just couldn't imagine kind of going through that where I was in the house, an apartment of however square feet, just by myself. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't relate to it, but I 
definitely could understand and, and, you know, could feel for them, but just couldn't personally relate to it. That's real interesting. You use that as an example. Um, and there were so many people in the pandemic in that situation, especially when you think of college students that, you know, moved to a city and started their new job in an accounting firm where maybe they didn't know a ton of people in that city. And then bam, you're kind of alone and isolated. And it's interesting um, because we are recording this um, during Mental Health um, Awareness Month um, and where there's been a lot of studies coming out about the impact of that isolation and how much that human connection, whether even it's virtual over a video like we're doing right now, um, or in person, just how much that helps your mental health. Um, and just having an ear, like I said, for me, it just sometimes if somebody's like, are you okay? And I'm like, can I just complain about my husband for a minute and just doesn't go anywhere and that'd be great. Like, like even something as simple as that. I mean, and it's hard when you're a leader, um, because it's fewer people that you can connect with because you still need to lead your team. Um, Gosh, another great podcast to do would be on the vulnerability of leaders and, and how that helps you with your team. By the way, it's great stuff. But so, um, Max, did you have a, any situations where you were having to be empathetic to a situation that you couldn't relate to? I think probably the same thing as, you know, the example that Kendra said, you know, because um, I have my wife, I have my kid. Um you know, I, I still have company. I still, you know, often see my parents in, in a safe environment. So I do have uh, people that I connect with, but there's definitely there are team members within the team that was lacking of that. So uh, giving them, you know, phone calls and doing Zoom meetings individually or in, or in the team environment, definitely I feel like it helped that situation. Well, it's summertime, finally, and we're at a time where things have are being lifted. Um, so I, I pardon my golf analogy, but it's summer. So my head's in the golf place. So I'm curious, um, anybody uh, need a mulligan? Anything that you would do over looking back over the last year um, in, in leading large teams? Is there anything um, you you do over or do a different way if you could? Well, for one, I wouldn't have gotten the dog. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? I no. would have done something else. I would have like, I don't know, online shopping or something. I don't know. We would have figured something else. Listen, out. you're gonna let, let me tell you, like a year from now when you and I are talking about that dog, that dog's gonna be the biggest mama's boy, and it's gonna be you and the dog against the rest of the household. I just know it. I know it. He's gonna be your biggest <laughs> ally. Probably right, but he's just he's like 10 months now, so he's still like, yeah. He's still wreaking havoc in the house. Um, but um on a professional level, um, something that I would redo, I think, is I think that I would um, <clears throat> maybe have more communications with more of my peers um, because I'm naturally a social person and I engage. And, and so I felt like a lot of people um, could talk to me and that sort of thing, but I don't lead all of the teams. You, you know what I mean? And so I think that for the senior managers and the managers who are leading these teams to show themselves as um, approachable and not necessarily just on audit but on tax i know there was a lot of communication about oh, i just don't feel comfortable you know and i just wish that we were ready i wish that we kind of had built these relationships before this all ever happened so that it was more um sincere and authentic it's it's when you're not empathetic 
and you try to be, it, you know, you can kind of tell and it's awkward and you're like, you're saying I can go home, but you don't mean it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of one of those things. And so I think that I, I wish that, you know, this podcast came out before and then that we could have talked about it and, and kind of built some of that trust and, and created those uh, seamless avenues so that when things like this come up, there's like a really nice connection um, to be had. It's interesting. And I can't recall what the term is, but there's a term for people who build their relationship going, th- going through war. You know, when you go into battle together, we maybe didn't know each other before but the bond that you have because you went through that battle together and how it's a strong bond. Um, it's interesting. And, and I, I love that perspective because when I look back over the last year, um, I mean, you and I knew each other, but we certainly didn't start talking a lot until we kicked off um, the employee resource group and started talking. And you're definitely one of those people that I know I can send a gift to and, and we can laugh for a few minutes about movies or whatever. And it just makes me feel good, you know, and, and I feel like I have a connection to somebody um, that I don't work with every single day. So I think that's a really good point, especially in public accounting, where you have audit teams and tax teams, but you and Max are peers. And so, although in some ways your experience leading teams in two different groups could be different, there's a lot in common in just having that connection to each other. Um, what about you, Max? Any, any mulligans? I think mine is somewhat similar. I was thinking that I, I should have reached out to more people outside of my team. I think I was too focusing on my team and making sure the team members are doing well um, that I forgot about other people. And, I, and I, I often need to, you know, be reminded that I need to reach out to others as well. And no matter, you know, the other team uh, members from the tax department or what Kendra said could be, you know, outreach to the audit team because we are really one office, one firm. Um, so we got to, you know, care more about all these people than, you know, just focusing on on one team. I love that. And that's a really good point, especially for firms like us um, that are geographically spread out is that, yeah, you have people either in your group or perhaps in Atlanta. But, you know, there's you know, thousands of other people in that CRI world. And one of the silver linings I have found from the pandemic and I love is that we've all embrace this virtual setting and using Zoom and all these video tools. And so it's enabled me to find ways to connect people together across offices who perhaps never would have met, never would have connected. Um, And I get tickled when I hear that that some of those connections are continuing. When somebody says, oh yeah, the other day, I was actually Kendra, I was talking to Scott Bailey the other day and he mentioned something and and said, yeah, I was talking to Kendra. And I'm like, oh, are y'all working on an audit engagement together? He said, no. And I was like, that's the coolest thing. Like, I love that. So I do like that. Um, so as we start to wind down uh, and close, I'm curious. Um, I always like to end on advice um, because it's usually great advice I could use. Um, what advice do you have for leaders on how they can be more empathetic? Kendra, you made a good point a minute ago about being authentic. Um, and, and both of you have talked about that and, and how you're how to be an authentic leader. So any advice for other leaders? I would say to get to know your peers and those that work for you, with you. uh, I think that once you build those relationships, it just makes the whole work relationship so much better. Um, It's nice to be able to say, hey, Max, how's your daughter? You know, it's just nice to be able to put a personal touch on it. Uh, It helps with the work itself anyway. Um, I think that it'll give you a better product. 
I think that um, they'll work harder for you. You know, I, I think that there's plenty of people on my team where I'm like, hey, we really got to get this done, you know? And they're like, oh, no problem. Because we have a great relationship and I would do the same for them, you know? And so it's kind of a mutual respect. And so I would definitely say to get to know your team and build those relationships. And I think it'll take you so far for sure. Well, I really appreciate y'all's time today. Um, it was a, a great discussion. And I think, you know, once the pandemic is in the rear view mirror, which um, it's starting to be, I guess it's in our side view mirrors now, um, but I'll be glad when I can barely see it in my rear view mirror. Um, empathetic leadership is so important um, and understanding what that is and being authentic with it. So again, Kendra, Max, I really appreciate both of you joining me today and sharing your perspective. Um, and for everybody else, just remember, if somebody's in a hole, um, don't ask them what they're doing in the hole and tell them to get out. Uh, instead, jump in the hole with them and say, let's get you out. Um, or how can I help? Or as I got a new puppy around the same time, Kendra got a new puppy. So oftentimes I'm saying, okay, I, I feel you, girl. I got a big puppy getting on my nerves too. Here's what I'm doing. Would that help you? And so finding somebody um, in a hole or in a crate and helping them get out um, is definitely the way to go. So again, I want to thank you both for joining me today. And for all of our listeners, thank you for joining um, It Figures and go to CRICPA.com to see um, more that we have coming up in a large library that we have recorded. If you want more CRI insights or are interested in learning about our firm, please visit our website at CRICPA.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of It Figures, the CRI podcast. You can subscribe to It Figures on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review.